back. It's been about a year since I posted, and I'm sorry for that. But, um, I have been through a lot, and I just totally forgot about these, so I'm going to start doing them again. Um, I have some pens, so you might hear some clicking when I'm going to be drawing, so. Sorry if you hear any clicking, but, um, let's get started. So, when I, my last podcast was about, um, my high school freshman year, and it was a bit of a downer, but I'm just going to preface this, I'm not sure where I'm going with this podcast, but I'm just going to preface this with a trigger warning, um, just in general, so beware of that, um, my specifics of my trigger warning are in my trailer, uh, so please listen to that if you don't know which triggers I'm talking about. But, um, let's dive right into sophomore year. So, the beginning of sophomore year was really hard. Because I had just been out of the hospital. And I had a new job. Um, and I was still really struggling with my eating. So, I was just... It was really hard. I didn't. I was. Let me share that Sorry. I was um, lonely, for sure, and uh, I just didn't really have anybody. And if you listen to my previous podcasts, I was super depressed. Uh, always super anxious. And I had been on a few medications to try to help that, but they weren't really working, and I didn't like taking them, because I didn't like being medicated, so they weren't super helpful, I guess, um, but I was still taking them pretty frequently, and uh, they were helping a little bit, enough to the just to the point that I could function. Um, so I was still going to school every day. And, um, yeah, so I was, I started my sophomore year with a rough start. Um, I had a very small friend group. It has since shrunk in. I found out that a lot of people were super toxic, and I didn't really want to be around them anymore because it just wasn't healthy for me. Um, so I was just lonely. I had a couple, a couple people. Um, we'll call the first one Samantha, or Sam for short, and then um, I don't know. We'll call the second one, my guy friend, we'll call him, uh, Jonathan, or John for short, and then we'll call my third friend, um, let's see, I'm, I'm terrible at coming up with names, we'll call her, 
justice. And then my fourth friend will call Caitlin. I just wrote those down, so um, hopefully I won't forget. But again, I use those pseudonyms for privacy reasons, um, just in case some of these people do listen to my podcast. Um, they won't know that I'm talking about them unless they already know the situation. And that's just kind of a protection for me, too, um, because I don't want people to get mad at me for using their real names and maybe ruining their reputation or, wh- or whatever. Um, so, right now, my main friend group consisted of Samantha, Jonathan, and Justice. Um, we were really close. We hung out all the time. We had band together. And um, it was just really nice. Um, we talked a lot. I don't know that we had any classes together. Like, all three of us, with the, with the exception of band. Um, but every time we saw each other in the, high, in the hallways, we would say hi. And... Um, it was, just, it was just really good. Um, I was still really struggling with my eating disorder. And I had lost probably 70 pounds since it started freshman year, um, which was not healthy. And uh, it, was, it was nice uh, because I knew I could do something that was hard but it was not the right thing to be proud of. Um, So, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I was super unhealthy. I was not eating breakfast, I was not eating lunch. I didn't eat until probably five o'clock when I had a small snack and then dinner, and then I would start the whole thing over again the next day. I had an app that tracked my fasting so that um, I knew that I couldn't eat until a certain time and I would use them for, I would fast for upwards of 18 hours every day. Um, So I was just really, really unhealthy Um, and my mom was starting to notice which was really scary because I didn't want her to worry about me because she had enough to worry about. Um, But I guess she did because she's a mom. But at the same time, it sucked because now she was forcing me to eat and I didn't want to. And it got to the point where she made me take my lunch every day and bring home the wrappers from every everything that I ate. If it was a granola bar, I had to bring home the wrapper. A yogurt, I had to bring home the wrapper. A sandwich even, I had to bring home the baggie with crumbs in it so that she knew I didn't just throw it away. Of course, I found a way around that. I would just add a few crumbs to the bag and throw the bag away and throw the sandwich away. I would just bring home the empty bag. But I had become a lot more deceptive um, just so that I didn't have to have my my friends and my family worry about me. Um, 
and that was really hard on my friends especially because they didn't know how to be there for me. Um, they tried their very best, but I, in the midst of this depressive episode, I just pushed them away and I didn't talk to them. And if I did, it was only in passing, which is unusual for me, especially because I loved my friends and I wanted to be around them. But at this point, I didn't want to be around anybody. So I was just alone. There was nobody's fault but my own. I mean, my friends tried to check up on me. They would text me and be like, hey, are you okay? And I'd say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Um, Which was my excuse for a lot of things. I'm just tired. Which was not a lie. Um, I just said it more frequently than it was actually true. Um, So I was isolating myself. And I was struggling at school. I was not getting good grades. I was failing several classes. Uh, I passed all of those classes at the end of the year, but in the midst of the year, I had D's and S in basically every class. Um, If I didn't like the class, I had no interest in keeping my grade up. And that's just, that's just how it was for the entire year. I mean, It was hard for me to keep my grades up because I had no motivation to do my homework or study or do anything school-wise outside of school. And of course I was working at this point, so I was just always working. Um, And it was my first real job, so I I wanted to do well. And I guess I just put that ahead of my ahead of my schoolwork. Um, but at this point in time, I was cutting basically every day, um, and it was getting harder and harder to, sh- to hide it from my parents because they were just so frequent and so noticeable. Um, so I started getting more creative. Sit on my stomach, on my thighs, on my ankles even. There was one time I did it on the bottom of my foot, just so that nobody could see it. Um, and eventually my mom saw all of the scars, or the cuts, how fresh they were. Um, and it was really bad. Um, I lost all trust from my mom. She couldn't trust me in the slightest. And it sucked because I used to be this good good daughter who um, who just did everything she was told and didn't do anything deceitful or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, that was gone. And again, it's nobody's fault but my own, but it still was hard because I love my mom. And of course, at this point, I didn't because she was being 
objective of me, and she was trying to figure out how to help me, and I just didn't know how to have her help me. So, that, that was hard, for sure. Um, sorry, I keep drinking water. I haven't been trying to do better about drinking water. But, um, if she did notice that I wasn't doing well, or that I wasn't myself, she would do what we call check-ins, um, and it's something my therapist suggested so that I could stay in touch with her, and so that I didn't push her away, um, because at this point in my sessions, we were doing, um, my mom would be with me for the first um, 10 minutes or so of the session, and then I would meet with my therapist alone. Which was nice, I mean, kind of sucked because I just wanted to have all the time to myself because it was my session. Um, but I guess it was good to have that with my mom because um, it was really the only time I talked to her about this stuff. Since then, I've gotten better about it. But um, yeah, so I mean. At this point, I was toward the middle of my sophomore year of high school, and um, my grades had been slipping, like I said, but now I had a new problem in my hands. Um, there was a boy, we'll call him, we'll call him Dustin. Um, Dustin was a jerk. He was self-absorbed. He was just awful. Um, so he was constantly harassing me, just being a dick. And I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't tell teachers because they would take his side. And nobody liked him. He was just awful. He was mean to everybody. He was entitled, he was arrogant, it was just so bad. Um, and he was constantly harassing me, making me feel super uncomfortable and unsafe. Um, and of course, I couldn't avoid him, because even though he was a freshman and I was a sophomore, we still had dinner class together. So I had to see him at least one time a day. Um, and of course, he was sitting with me at lunch, and I couldn't move tables because he would move with me, and it sucked. I couldn't avoid him, so I brought it out to my band director at the time, um, and he talked to him, and my band director and Dustin had had problems in the past, because he does not take well to um, responsibilities, and he does not act well around adults. He has no sense of authority. He just does not do well with that kind of stuff. So, they had had problems in the past. He actually walked out on the first day of band camp because he didn't want to do something, which was fine. I mean, nobody liked him anyway. Um, he came back the next day, though, which sucked. But, I mean, he talked, the band director talked to him and was like, look, this is not okay. And I had a really close relationship with this band director. Um, I talked to him all the time. He was basically my dad, because um, I, 
I don't consider my dad my dad. I consider him a sperm donor, to be frank. But he acted as my dad for the longest time. Um, and it was really nice because I had somebody, a male authority figure to talk to. Um, but it was also really unhealthy because he was spending all his efforts trying to protect me from myself and trying to let my parents know these things, and that just wasn't his job. Um, so, the guidance counselor got involved, they talked to him, they talked to Dustin, I mean, um, and he got suspended for a couple, couple days, and then he came back and it started all over again. And there was really nothing else I could do, because, well, it was on school grounds, he wasn't physically abusing me, like, there was no physical trauma, it was just verbal, and there's no way to prove that, um, so, it continued on for months and months and months, and then, about January, um, we were at a pet band game, and he started sending me death threats via text, and that was really, really, really scary, because somehow he knew where I lived, he knew all my friends, he knew my parents, um, from him, he knew how to get a hold of me and my parents, he threatened to text my mom and tell her that I wasn't eating, that I was cutting again, it was just a really, really scary situation. So, after the game, well, during the game, I, I told my band director about it, like, I, I emailed him and I said, look, here's the deal, and of course he was standing 20 feet in front of me, so he read it and I saw his reaction, and, well, it wasn't, it was, it was drastic, um, because at this point I was just not telling anybody, I was just dealing with it on my own, but as soon as he sent that first text, I was like, this has got to stop, because this is getting unsafe, and I'm feeling un unsafe, um, so I messaged my director, and I was like, look, here's the deal, I need to talk to you during halftime, and Dustin was like, don't you dare show him those texts, otherwise I'll come to your house and I'll kill you, um, That was really, really scary because I know I knew I had to show my director those texts because he had to know he was a teacher in charge of us at the time, um, and he knew that this had been going on for a while, and uh, he just didn't have substantial proof to report Dustin. Um, so. I showed him the text during halftime, and he said, okay, move your stand over to the low brass section so that you're farther away from him. I was like, great, whatever. Um, that's not going to do much because we can walk, but thank you for listening to me, I guess. And so after the game, he called me over, and he called one of my friends over too because um, Dustin had also been harassing her. So. He called us both over, and he called the principal over, uh, and he was like, so what's been going on? And, and we told him, um, Justin has been making us feel really uncomfortable and unsafe, 
um, in school, and he's been texting us while we're at home, just threatening us and being super scary. Um, so the principal came over and he said, is this kid making you feel unsafe? And we said, yeah. So um, he said, well, what have you been doing? And we told him. Um, and the school resource officer got involved and talked to us and we told him the same thing. Um, and then maybe the next day or so, we didn't see him for a while. And we were like, what the hell happened to Justin? And of course, we didn't really care because he was gone. But then about a week later, he showed back up again it started all over again. It was a little bit better, but it was still bad. Um, so, yeah, um, that was really, really scary. That was probably the first time I ever felt unsafe at school. Um, and uh, I, I'll never forget that because it was traumatic. I mean, he literally threatened to kill me. I didn't know if he was going to go through with it or not. I didn't know what he was capable of. The kid was 14 years old. But he said he had connections and shit like that. And I was like, okay, great. So now my life is in danger and I can't feel comfortable at school. The only place I had comfort before. So, you know, that sucked. Um, and then depression still wasn't getting any better so at this point we were working on a musical um, and I was a pit orchestra because I'm not good at acting um, I have severe stage fright comes with the anxiety you know fun stuff like that um, so I was in the pit orchestra and at this point I was um, I was having a really hard time, and um, I had a comfort again, and um, I was wearing a big fluffy jacket so that nobody could see, and my director said, take your jacket off, it's not part of the uniform, so we were wearing um, dress, dress black, I guess you would call it. So I said, no, I'm really cool, can I keep it on? He said, no, you need to take it off. I said, okay, fine. And my best friend, Jonathan, um, was sitting next to me, and he said, oh my god, Penny, why would you do that to yourself? And then during intermission, he talked to me, and he made me go up and show my director, and I don't know exactly what happened after that, but all I know is that Dustin called the cops on me. Um, I don't think I don't think my director told my parents. I think that at that time it wasn't as serious, um, and he didn't feel obligated to, or at least he hadn't gotten in trouble enough to tell his parents yet. So that was kind of his obligation as a teacher. Um, so Dustin called 
the cops. It was 10.30 on, I think, a Thursday afternoon. Um, Thursday night, I guess. And I was upstairs talking to my mom because I had had, been having a really rough night. And she had to pick it up, but I attempted again. And she was ready to send me to the hospital anyway. My dad was like, no, she doesn't need that. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Um, so the cops came and my dad called up to me and he said, Penny, there are cops here wanting to talk to you. And I said, what the fuck? What is happening right now? So I went downstairs and they questioned me and they were like, are you wanting to hurt yourself tonight? I was like, well, yeah, I want to do that every night. Very wrong thing to say. Um, they were like, you know, we can't do nothing about that. We're going to have to take you in to the hospital. And I was like, you know what? That's great. Great. Um, so they took my parents outside and I talked. And they were like, do you think this is the best thing for her? And all the while, a cop was standing right over my shoulder and just talking to me about random shit. I didn't even know he was just trying to make conversation. I was just playing with my cat, um, trying to avoid him at all costs. I didn't even feel comfortable in my own living room. But I went in the back of the cop car in the middle of January. Heat was on full blast. I was sweating my bitch off. And I didn't have the courage to say, the heat is too high. Can you turn it down? Because that's just who I am. Um, so we got to the hospital. And, it, and my parents drove behind us. And um, the cop was like, I called ahead. I have a, a girl here who... Um, attempted suicide and she needs to stay here for the night. I was like, great. Wasn't anticipating this. Thanks a lot. So they were like, yeah, of course. We already have her stuff ready. Let me take her back. And so I came back and then my parents came back and they were like, what were you thinking? Blah, 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 blah. Just getting really angry with me. And they have a really bad habit of getting angry with me in bad situations like that. Um, and that's not how I work. So it was really pretty upsetting to me that they didn't, they were mad at me rather than sad or worried. And I think the anger did come out of a bit of worry, but it was still not expressed in that way. So I spent the night in the ER and I had a psyche valve. They were like, do you think you need to go in? I said, uh, probably so. Um, so, the next morning, probably 9 o'clock, they had come in a few times and they were like, so we haven't found a bed yet, here's a hospital that we could try, but it's a little farther away, and you've never been there before, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. So eventually we found a hospital that would take us. Um, they said a bed had just opened up, and uh, it was a while away, I think it was like an hour away. My parents were like, we'll take it. I had no say in the matter. Like, I was just sitting in the bed being like, oh, great, now I'm going an hour away from home, and I don't know when I'm going to do that. Um, so, I got to the hospital, and I stayed there for six days, um, and I will talk about what happened in the hospital next time. Um, so, thank you for listening. I'm going to end it here because it's getting close to a half hour long, and I promised myself I would not ramble on for an hour or two, um, so I'm going to end it here, and I love you, be safe, 